Hey everyone, this is Mark. In today's episode, Marcos, Victor, and I talk about our experiences going through Hurricane Irma, which hit South Florida or hit all of Florida on September 10th. We all live in Miami. Spoiler alert, we all made it through just fine. Uh, I do want to be clear though, we don't want to downplay what our friends and family in Puerto Rico um, are going through as a result of Hurricane Maria or what people in the Keys or the east coast of Florida, like the Naples area, what they're going through as a result still of Irma. So if you're in a position to help in any of those areas, uh, physically, financially, I, I would like to urge you to try to do that. Um, as always, we would love to hear from you. We're on Facebook. You can just search Facebook for El Lector Podcast. We're on Instagram at El Lector 305. And you can read, or we have links to both of those on our website, exiledlector.com. And if you're enjoying the show, we would love for you to leave us a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded our show. And with that, welcome to the Elector Podcast. As the torciadores, aka the cigar rollers, quietly rolled their cigars, and the despaliadoras, aka the strippers, stripped the stems from the tobacco leaves. They were entertained, informed, inspired, and enlightened by literature and the daily news. So began the tradition of El Lector, the reader. This is the El Lector podcast, stories and cigars from the exiled South. We hope you'll enjoy it. Everybody, this is the Elector Podcast. Uh, we're back again here after uh, quite an eventful summer, culminating in a in with uh, in South Florida with the the arrival of Hurricane Irma. Thankfully, coming in as a what a category two, I believe, category three, two, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, we're here. Uh, it's 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 we've been we've been away for a while, but we decided to get together. We're sitting on in our undisclosed location, which is my back porch, uh, surrounded by the contents of my tool shed, which got blown away. Uh, don't think much into that. It it was basically a, a plastic bucket upside down. That's what my tool shed was, <laughs> and it, where I contained the uh, and contained most of my tools, which is not much. But yeah, the wind, the storms came through here and caused a lot of damage. But we're here again, and we're hoping to be back with a vengeance on Elector. Uh, tonight we're here with with uh, Mark Norman. Say hi, Mark. How's it going tonight? And Victor Labrada. Hello. And I'm Marcos, like I said before. And Matt Hedinger couldn't be here tonight with us. Uh, he wasn't feeling well, so. We're going to smoke one for him tonight. And speaking of smoking, tonight we are smoking... Oh, I'm going to say what I'm smoking. I think everybody's smoking the same thing, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm smoking a La Flor Dominicana Double Ligero. And this is the Chisel cigar, correct? And this is uh, one of my favorite cigars. I think I've smoked it on the show before. If you haven't picked one up, this is definitely one you can splurge and, and get a box of. It'll last you a long time and you'll really enjoy it. What about you, Victor? What are you smoking? Uh, I'm smoking the same, but I have, uh, for the sake of variety, I have on deck um, a tiny little cigar, not a cigarette, 
but an H. Upman 1844 Reserve Demitasse, mm. uh, which almost sounds like a coffee, but is... Because it goes really well with a cup of espresso after dinner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, really good. Marvelous little cigar. And this is Mark. I'm smoking. I'm finishing up a Camacho Ditka Game Time, and uh, I'm, I'm at the tail end of it now, and I got to say, it's very surprising. I bought it because I'm from the Chicago area. Of course. And... Uh, you know, anything with the coach's name on it is worth Ditka. getting. Mm. But I, I didn't expect much because, you know. And the, that tobacco's aged 32 years, is it? <laughs> yes. 1985. Yeah. Coach Ditka popularized by Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's of, sa- of Saturday Night Live fame. He might have coached something, but I'm not sure. But he was, yeah. Coach Ditka, who I was saying before we started recording, uh, he had a heart attack a couple years ago. And it, it, I remember being young and... The cardinal, the Catholic cardinal of the Chicago area, passed away, and it was like he he lie, lay lay in state for days, and Mayor Daly was interviewed. It was a it was like a state funeral, and I think that when Coach Ditka does pass, good Lord willing, it's not for a very long time and a couple more Super Bowls, but <laughs> I it is I think that the, you know I know that the Cubs World Series championship celebration was the uh-huh. seventh largest gathering of humanity in all of history. <laughs> Uh, in Grant Park, and I'm convinced that if Coach Dicka were to pass away, the candlelight vigil will will, will be a competitive. Will burn today. down Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be the great, yeah, Chicago, be the great fire. Chicago fire too. <laughs> so long live the coach. This is a great cigar. I'm actually pretty very pleasantly surprised. And then on deck, I have I'm trying to look it up so I have the right name for it. Um, my good friend Andrew, for my birthday, got me a series of Tatuaje cigars, and one blew my mind. And I have it on deck. It's a Tatuaje Black Petite Lancero. And it is it's it's the ring gauge is small. It's a thirty eight ring gauge, but it smokes like a, a full size cigar, and it is awesome. Who makes so, that? Do you know? I, I don't know much about it. I think I believe they're rolled by um, my father. The the oh really? I believe. No, that, we'll find out and we'll correct it if we that's have correct. To show notes. Clarify not not your father. Right, not Andy the, Norman mm. of Hammond, Indiana, <laughs> but the tobacco company, my father. Ah. My gotcha. father's cigars, I believe. So, uh, guys, we're thankful to be here, uh, being able to smoke cigars together. It's been a while since we, we've been in, on the same porch together. And actually, no, it's not true. So, Hurricane Irma hit, and everybody, pretty much everybody in the state of Florida lost power, right? For I the think most so, part. yeah. At least the I know there were people in every county that lost power, if yeah. not, yeah. Several million here in, in Miami-Dade County alone. And uh, I believe last week we we got together because, Mark, you got power for the first time. So we yeah. went to your house and we had a moment of reprieve, got together with a few friends. We drank a lot of bourbon. We drank night. a lot of bourbon and we smoked like I, I think I had three cigars that night. Just we didn't talk much, but we sure yeah. did enjoy I the for, hell out I of it. I forgot what I drank. It was that good. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great night. So what we're we're going to talk today a little bit about share some hurricane Irma stories and some things we learned. Yeah, yeah. Like mm. uh, evacuation sucks for a lot of people. Yes, Marcos. Yeah. How do you feel about the, uh, you know, our our friend and yours, the cable company Comcast? Mm. Yeah, Comcast. See, here's here's a problem. I, I uh, like 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 everybody else who's here and listening. I, I work for a living, and I depend heavily on the internet. So I was complaining because Comcast uh, in my office was out for two freaking weeks. Man. And that was unacceptable. 
And I will say this. I will say that probably the hero, at least for me, because I did hear that AT&T went out for a lot of folks as well. But I have AT&T, uh, what's it called? U-verse, uh, right? Yeah. Internet at my home. And my, the power was out in my house for eight days. But when, when the power came back, AT&T sprung right back up. And why is that? Buried freaking lines. Yes. Something that we've also learned ah. is it would come in handy in South Florida if we had it, right? I just want to say that I, I've never in my life thought about aerial versus buried lines until I was sweating in my sleep for several days. <laughs> and we, we just want to say, if any of our listeners out there is planning to develop a city um, or just any kind of community in the near future, bury those power lines. Yes. Bury everything. <laughs> Put it all underground, man. Yeah, this was kind of nightmarish for a lot of folks here. Uh, it was it was uh, my, our power. And, our, and, and to show you how weak the infrastructure is, the sun was still shining. There was a breeze, and my power went out. That's that's how bad it was because yeah. it, it just it, the, you know. And we have lines here that uh, we we live in in Miami. If you're not from here, we we have pretty good canopy in a lot of parts of of Dade County. Ancient oak trees and 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 tropical banyan very large trees. banyan trees yeah. and and uh, Royal Point Sienas. We got some uh, some palm trees that, that that go up 70, 80 feet. Tamarind trees. FPNL should cut hockey. should should trim those on occasion, right? I think uh, every every now and then they should yeah. be aware of that. Like, shouldn't it be a warning sign if every night that I sit on my back porch I see flames shooting up from the trees because they're touching that, the lines? That means the lines are working. Oh, that's what that's for. They're just testing them. I <laughs> yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. So so that, and that's not a, I'm not I'm not making that stuff up. This is like uh, when I, I sit out here a lot and I'll, I'll read a book. And I will see actual flames. It's not happening now because there's no breeze, but the slightest breeze pushes one of those palm fronds <laughs> on that line, and you see flames shoot up. I, I have experienced that on this very back porch with you. Yeah, and I've called and I've called Florida Power and Light on numerous occasions, and, and on some of those occasions, they'll send somebody out finally, and they'll go, yeah, we'll, we'll send somebody out to take care of that. They have yet to do it, ever, in eight years that I've been here, nine years that I've been here. So let's tell our Hurricane Irma stories. I'm going to start. So I'm, I grew up in Hammond, Indiana, uh, in the shadow of Chicago. Go Bears. Are there hurricanes in Hammond, Indiana? There are not. But mm. I will say there's something that we do, or I did as a child, that I don't think they do here, which is we would have fire drills, which we're all familiar with here, where you know a couple times a year everyone goes out single file and stands on the football field while you know, try not to get in trouble. They make sure all the <laughs> alarms work, and then we go back inside. Growing up, we also had tornado drills. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so tornadoes, tornadoes are terrifying because there's no week of social media freakout and there's no, you know, Max Mayfield. For a tornado, it's like all of a sudden there's a bad thunderstorm and it's just like, boom, it's there. Yeah. I've never lived through a tornado, but they would hit southern Indiana, central Indiana, the plains, you know, to, to the west of Indiana. And so a, a couple times a year, I remember we would get down underneath our, you know, thick gauge steel desks and we'd have to, like, you, the tornado drill was you just duck under the desk for five minutes or something the tornado siren sounds different than the fire alarm you know the sounds and then that was it what's the purpose of hiding under the desk if if, if a, stuff falls if stuff oh, blows in from the window the oh, desks are, are pretty so it's not that the desk is going to hold you down if the tornado or, or that the, the tornado doesn't see you if you're under the desk yeah, right yeah. no it's, it's not it's not like a t-rex it's oh, okay <laughs> it's much more about being protected in case a light fixture must go faster, fall on must go faster. <laughs> but so okay 
Um, we don't have tornado or we don't have hurricanes in any yet, but we did, you know, tornadoes. So I knew even not growing up here that, okay, if this thing is really going to hit my house and I'm still in my house and this was John Morales or Brian Norcos said this during Andrew, like go to the most interior part of your house and right, mattresses, right. like you basically hold get in the closet yeah. hold the mattress over you. Yeah. yeah. Or a bathtub even. It's the same idea with a tornado. And so, um, when hurricane Irma, like, so it, my my story of Irma started Labor Day weekend. I had had my brother. I flew my brother in town. He's a very handy guy going through electrician school. And I'm doing this little remodel on my house. I'm adding an interior wall, taking out an interior wall, just kind of moving some stuff around in the house. So my house was kind of a mess. I've got two-by-fours all around, drywall, you know, laying in the hallway, ready to be put up. And That's a lot of projectiles if the roof got blown up. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I, I actually spent... Well, okay, so then Tuesday, so my brother was here Labor Day weekend. He leaves Monday night, and um, we kind of finished the biggest stuff over the weekend. Then Tuesday, I'm at, I'm at my biggest client, which is a, a law firm in Brickle, and everyone in the office is only talking about the storm. And I'm just like, oh, I guess this thing, like, people are starting to get freaked out. So I moved to Miami in 2006, which is a year removed from Wilma and Katrina, that, that one-two punch that mm-hmm. Miami was hit with. And so that was the last time that I think there were prolonged power outages and, you know, a storm really hit here. And so I, I'd never experienced one. And a couple times I've put the shutters on my house, like Hurricane Matthew a year ago, we thought was going to hit us for a few days. Oh, yeah. And the first year I lived here, I, I, I was, you know, renting a room from someone, but there was Tropical Storm Ernesto, which they thought was going to hit. They preemptively canceled school for a day or two, and everyone kind of was worried. But then it hit as a tropical storm, and I don't think anyone lost power. It was very weak by the time it it actually made landfall. So I'm new to this whole week-long freakout thing. And I think this was severely compounded by being a week removed from Hurricane Harvey decimating Houston. And so I'm at the office. I'm sitting at a desk kind of in the middle of everyone, and all you can hear about is people talking about the storm. And I think it was that same afternoon that our governor uh, ordered no more tolls on the on the roadways. And that was, I think, a day before he declared the state of emergency, which it, we, I'm glad he did. It triggers the FEMA kind of help that, that starts. Like, there's stuff, if you lose power for so many days, you can get a reimbursed for the cost of a generator and stuff like that. And so, but I, I'm sitting around, and I hear, I hear that he's announced that there's no tolls on any of the roadways which Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with the geography of the united states miami florida is at the tip of a very long peninsula that's only kind of phallic looking yes right i think homer simpson named it america's wang (laughs) (laughs) i've heard it called america's different body part that's near the wang oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's right but so if there's a mass evacuation of, of South Florida, it's going to take a long time, and, and there's not that many ways out. Like, you know, if every road was busy, it would still take a week for everyone to get out. So everyone starts talking and making their plan this Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, this is, looks like it's going to happen. And over the next few days, I kind of hurried to hang the drywall that was littering my house and just kind of get my house as clean as possible. And I will tell you, probably the most profound part of Hurricane Irma for me was the freak out um everyone starts getting gas so i think mm-hmm. it was starting wednesday uh lines at the gas stations right and so i'm i'm in it i'm an it consultant so i had a lot of clients all of a sudden it was like how do we make sure our servers are safe how do we not lose data so i have a client that's pretty far north from from here for me it takes a long time to get there in traffic 
and I had to go up there, and we actually dismantled their server rack because the owner of the company was he was bugging out their whole company which is about 10 employees they all left the state well well and keep in mind again this was still a category five hurricane right yeah at this time it this is they and it's not hitting any land masses it's not slowing down and i you can't overstate how scary it seemed like they would overlay here's what hurricane andrew looked like at this point and it it was tiny compared to hurricane yeah. irma irma was enormous and it's it's headed directly for us. All the models you end up get becoming. Everyone's an expert in meteorology the week yeah. before a hurricane, <laughs> exactly. and then after everyone's an expert in power lines. Right. But, um, it, I I was, I I was really shaken by the, the freakout. So I remember I needed gas because I had driven my car all the way up to this client's office, and I spent the day dismantling the rack, powering everything down. This was on Thursday, and you know the hurricane hit Sunday afternoon. So Thursday I'm helping this client who's loading his truck full of his family photo albums and you know everything to go ride the storm out at his farm in tennessee and i'm teaching him how to power things back up from the farm so that their business can work because they're all good at working mobile and everything and so i need gas though just to get back to my house several days before the storm so i end up waiting in line for an hour um outside of a gas station in miami shores i think it is and the first time it really hit me was there was a the line was long but it was kind of slowly moving and a guy pulled up and he it was a lexus suv he opens the back and he says does anybody want these gas cans i'm leaving i'm on my way out of town i bought the gas ahead of time and he's freaking out he's like I'll, i'm giving it to you i'm not going to sell it to you and he just hands out these five one gallon gas tanks that he had just bought nice and he was he was freaked out he was very visibly scared that was the first time i was like wow like should i be scared like should i should i be thinking about taking my family away from here yeah. And so that was Thursday. Then Friday, no work. Like, like none of the clients are working by this point. So it's like I don't have to do actual, like, my business. It's just getting the house ready, putting the shutters up, you know, uh, buying water, which nowhere had water. So it was filling up. Like, I was buying two liters of Coke Zero, which <laughs> shout out to Coca-Cola. The yeah, new definitely. formulation of Coke Zero is really, it really, is really good. It is really good, yeah. I'm yeah. a fan. So I, I'm just chugging Coke Zero to clear out these two-liter bottles so we can store some water in case we can also we fill beer water. bottles, I guess. <laughs> well, I was working hard on that, too. Uh, but um, I, I really, you know, it, it's funny to talk about now, but I actually was, it, it really kind of was like a hard decision of do we stay or do we go? So my wife's family's from here, and they wrote out Andrew here, you know, all the, the hurricanes since, Wilma, Katrina, namely, they've ridden out here, and... My wife and I said, okay, if, you know, if your parents, if my wife's parents are leaving, then we'll leave. But if they, they're planning to stay, we'll plan to stay. And so we, we decided to stay. And that decision caused so much consternation to apparently every person I've ever met in my mm-hmm. life that they all felt the need to text me or Facebook message me or whatever. And listen, I appreciated it very much that all these people were concerned for me. But it was also kind of taxing to have to assure everybody that, no, I'm going to be okay. Like, you know, we've made the decision. And by this point, it was, it looked like it was going to be really hard to get out of the state anyway. And as we got closer to the storm, the track changed. And yes. so it was like, what's the point of leaving anyway? Yeah. And so thankfully over the course of Friday and Saturday, it started to look like, okay, it's definitely going to be the right thing to stay here. It looks like it's going to go wide left. So, yeah. you know. wide left because it's still. Right. Know, yeah. And so, it weakened. It did. It started to weaken, which was something that we were kind of like, those of us who, who experienced, for example, some of these other storms that came before. I was here with Andrew. Victor was here with Andrew and, and others that have hit. 
uh, they they you know the 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 idea of that thing remaining a category five was was slim. That it, it, it was it, at least it was going to come down to a two or, or at most a three, yeah. which is what it did. And thankfully, it changed directions and 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 you know shifted a little bit. But that wobble is scary. I mean, that whole experience. I, mean, I don't know how you felt, Victor, but I was I was humbled by it because to to be in and to be in my in 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 the track of this monster <laughs> and the anxiety that builds over a week watching this thing cross the the Atlantic you you're just like it it does, it plays with your head and yeah. and you know we have so many friends who who evacuated Victor what, what you you guys took off right oh yeah uh well my wife and I were planning initially to stay we were doing the whole filling up um coke bottles thing and we had uh, a good friend of ours, uh, he had purchased a bunch of hurricane supplies and then decided that he was going to get out and, and fly out to California. So he gave me his hurricane supplies. Um, and I want to thank him for it. At the same time, my friend has not been through a hurricane. Um, so we received a lot of uh, saltines. Oh, nice. 12 boxes. And can't have too many of those. Can't have too many saltines, especially when there's no water around. All <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> But I appreciate, anyways, uh, the, the gift, and we were hunkered down. I, the AC in my house had broken the week before, and we oh, got it fixed, yeah. just to, to make sure that there would be at least one night of cooling before the storm hit. Because nothing is worse. Like they have the reporters out there standing in the the wind and all the surf coming in, um, folks. Let me tell you, uh, that's nothing compared to sleeping in your own sweat. <laughs> that is the terror of the storm. I could not agree more. You show me footage of a reporter trying to fall asleep in his own sweat, and that will scare people. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Can I so, share something? Yeah. Really quick. Ahead. Okay. So I, 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 having been through Andrew, you, you went through Andrew, right? Yeah. Okay. For Andrew. I remember after Andrew, it was just, it was very much like Irma. It was in the summer in my, uh, one of our friends who was here earlier was saying that, uh, my South Florida was not meant to be lived in by human beings without technology, <laughs> without some, mm -hmm. some means of comfort, like air conditioning and electricity. And I remember after Andrew sitting, uh, lying on the sofa, which by the way, Cuban American family, plastic covered freaking couch. <laughs> so I had to put a sheet over it to, to try to, you know, not stick, not be fused to the plastic on my sofa. And, and you stand up half the couch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and feeling just the, the, the sweat pooling in the, in the, in my throat, like at, at my neck here at the base of my neck mm, and just be like, and yeah. then turning over and, and what, hearing it puddle down like a waterfall, like just down my, the, the side of my neck. That is the, and you don't sleep. You, you just don't sleep. Yeah. Right. I mean, Mark, you just were without there. power for, right. for, so we, we lost power. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say I'm, so we lost power. The storm, probably the worst of it was Sunday afternoon, like what, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And I think we lost power Sunday afternoon, maybe 11 or 12. And we never lost AT&T cell coverage. Like our Comcast, right. went, you know, when the power went out, we didn't have power. But I, I had just enrolled my iPad in cellular plan. It was the absolute greatest part of the hurricane was mm. just being able to update and see up like to be able to check mike's weather page and to check yeah. you know all the all the models and just kind of follow along with it that was unbelievably great and some of, i actually really liked the tv channels all start just they don't care about paywall they just broadcast their whole news feed because they're all, all the news channel or all the local channels are doing wall-to-wall -wall news right 
And so they all put them on their Facebook pages. You could just watch them. Yeah. And so that was actually really, I, I would say more than anything, that helped with like the sanity for me as a first timer going through the hurricane, being able to stay updated and kind of like, I think once the worst of it was passed, I was FaceTiming with people from the backyard. Like, yeah, oh, no, yeah. it's not that bad. We're cool. Like, yeah, yeah. But so I'm, I'm very thankful for the internet. But yeah, so we lost inter- our power Sunday afternoon and we didn't get it back till Thursday afternoon. And we, it kind of half came back. I, some people I didn't know much more about electricity have told me we had one hot leg uh, for about a day before it came back fully. So that means some lights would turn on, some ceiling fans, but no AC, no stove, uh, no dryer. Gotcha. Stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I still – so it's two weeks removed now, and I – I just want to soak up the AC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like every time I walk inside, I'm like, oh, there it is. Oh, so, Victor, you were saying, sorry, man, I, I interrupted. You were talking about your well, evacuation. Well, we, we had we had prepared to stay. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I I grew up in Miami. I was born here. I went through Andrew as a 10-year-old. Um, my dad has been through more hurricanes than have been named um, as, as a Cuban living in eastern Cuba. Um, he, it's, it's not in my blood, I imagine, to, to leave for a hurricane. But um, my wife is pregnant, and if you look up, there's a lot of uh, science-slash-old wives' tales about what happens to pregnant women during a hurricane. Um, yeah. And it's, it's something, and just the mood of the city, it becomes frantic before a hurricane. It's just a very tense mood, in, in which really no, uh, no pregnant woman should be around that. But she was planning to stay, too. We were planning to bunker down. We, we have a townhouse kind of built like a bunker. Um, I had enough hurricane shutters. And then we saw the uh, Thursday night 11 p.m. advisory, which had the, the newest model, had the hurricane coming. Um, the map was very detailed. It said it was going right over my house. Um, <laughs> the map said Victor's house, and the eye of the storm was going right over it. And my wife just turned to me and said, we have to leave. And I knew at that moment, it was one of those things. Um, I, I've, I've not been married long, but I, got, I realized right then, there is no way I'm talking her out of this. Yeah. There is no, I, nor should I. Uh, so we made very quick plans. We had a, a friend of ours was able to book us an Airbnb um, way out of the way of the hurricane. And uh, the track of the hurricane had it coming up through basically the eastern half of the United States. So it was hard finding exactly where that would be. And the location ended up being Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which if you've ever been to Baton Rouge, you're either an LSU tiger or lost. There's really no other reason to be there. Um, <laughs> Come no, on, really? To Baton Rouge. I mean, to other parts, maybe, but Baton Rouge, I, Rouge. I, I failed I failed to see the appeal. Um, we just lost all of our Baton Rouge listeners. But um, we decided to take separate cars because she wanted to bring up her mother and brother and her dogs. So we took different routes. I brought a bunch of food in my car, and we were we was like, all right, we'll reconvene in Tallahassee. Well, we took different routes. We, I left, she left at about midnight um, that Thursday night. I left at 2 a.m. I had to finish bringing in furniture and just making sure everything was uh, in shape in, in the house. Right. And I took the turnpike up to Fort Pierce, which if you're familiar with South Florida, that's where uh, Fort Pierce is where the turnpike and I-95 diverge. The turnpike mm-hmm. goes to Orlando and I-95 just keeps going up the coast to Jacksonville. Yep. And I decided to get off the turnpike and get on to I-95 and go up to uh, to basically the highway that connects to Orlando horizontally. Now, this all sounds like mundane, um, you know, GPS reporting. My wife took the turnpike the whole way. 
I left an hour and a half after my wife. I got to Orlando about 10 hours sooner than her. What? She spent at least eight hours in traffic on the turnpike between Fort Pierce and Orlando. That's insane. Which that stretch of the turnpike does not have many exits. And there's really nothing in the middle of Florida. And that would normally, that particular stretch is normally an hour and a half. Yeah, that's just, there's no exit. So why would there ever be traffic? Well, when most of South Florida is trying to leave South Florida, it becomes very crowded. It was basically a parking lot. And uh, we ended up uh, kind of abandoning the idea of, of rendezvousing in Tallahassee and just said, all right, well, we'll see each other in Baton Rouge. Um, I drove straight to Tallahassee. I took a nap on a couch for two hours at a, at a friend's house or an acquaintance. And I got back on the road and ended up getting to Baton Rouge 24 hours after I left Miami, which that's supposed to be a 13-hour drive. Yeah. And I would say I made great time mm-hmm. uh, making that only in 24 hours. Yeah. Getting gas was an adventure every single time. Um, that, that was one of the scariest parts of it is the idea of running out of gas um, when you're like waiting in line for gas, you know, or you're waiting somewhere or you're looking at exits. You never think about that um, running out of gas unless you're like in the middle of West Texas or something. Yeah. And uh, got there um, by the grace of God. I didn't swerve off the road at some point. I, I, I bought a colada of Cuban coffee in Miami and it carried me through to, to Tallahassee. Damn, that's a strong colada. That was a strong colada. And then, um, I listened to Metallica, uh, which can keep you awake. Um, we got there. She got there uh, early the next morning with her family and the dogs. And we camped out in, in Baton Rouge, which uh, had unseasonably cool weather, uh, probably as a just a, kind of a collateral of uh, Irma. And it was actually a front that was coming through there because I was, I'll get into that later, but I was in New Orleans and that, it was well, beautiful. It was beautiful. We, we actually spent a day in New Orleans. Um, it ended up, I was terrified still because my, my family was still in Miami and I was trying to keep in contact with them. My dad didn't want to leave. He didn't want to go to a shelter or anything like that. Um, and thankfully the storm took a different turn. But the experience ended up being for me kind of like a five-day vacation in Baton Rouge. Yeah. When I, I drove back, the drive back wasn't as uh, as long, and got back to my house. Power had already come on in our townhouse Sweet. by Wednesday night, and so I didn't spend another night um, sweating. Yeah, and really just came home to see a lot of the debris, the mm-hmm. um, just the trees, the beautiful trees that we have here that we're so proud of because it's green year round. Uh, so many of them just uprooted, um, not even like branches falling, like a tree just being pulled out of the ground yeah yeah which is basically what we saw a lot of at the end the at the end of the day there was some damage in south florida uh surely there were some roof tiles missing off of roofs a couple shingles here and there a lot of fences down but mostly it was it was trees and and their branches you know just on the on, on the ground yeah that's that's what we but saw a lot of it, it felt like in in so many ways um like we lost a week or we lost two weeks almost like think of daylight savings time now think of that happened for 168 hours and that is what it felt like like you don't know what date is anymore you're not yeah. quite sure you're not sure who's working or not who has power or not is is there school is there not now of course we're 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 talking about this uh based on our experience here with irma you know and we we understand also that you know those poor folks in texas who who went through um harvey right yeah 
And I mean, their their stories are, I'm sure, far worse than, than anything that we experienced here. And then you, you look at the people who were in the path of, of Irma and now path of Maria, because we are recording this uh, after Maria has already gone through Puerto Rico as a mm-hmm. category four and devastated the island. I mean, the whole the whole island without power for up to four months is what they're estimating and 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 just the devastation we've seen there but still this sucks because it happened to us (laughs) so so we're looking at this and we're saying and we're looking at at more for us it was more the inconvenience i think afterwards and thankfully thankfully because i mean it could have been a lot worse i mean we so basically what were my story i'll keep i'll keep mine brief because it's it, it, it's basically the same thing that happened to everybody right what, what you both have stated already it's we've all gone through this but i i had a mine's funny because i i went to uh, a few months ago i scheduled a continuing education conference in new orleans and the reason i did that is because any opportunity i get to go to new orleans i i don't, I don't you know if i can find some reason to go you know burger king's got selling 99 cent whoppers i'm, I'm gonna go to new orleans oh, right? are they let's go let's go <laughs> so i i scheduled it and i looked at the date and it was september it was a few days before irma hit and i when i scheduled this months ago i thought to myself i said self there's going to be a storm that's going to come to South Florida or threaten us while I'm uh, going to New Orleans. So sure enough, a a week before the trip, I see this, I go on because we were, we were looking at, I was monitoring the storms. Okay. So I was like, I was like, I was, I was thinking this is going to happen. This is going to happen. There was this little system off of Africa. And I said, that bitch is going to become Irma (laughs) and she's going to mess with my trip. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. But what I did is I, I said, I, I timed it and I said, okay, I can probably make it to New Orleans and back if I cut my trip a day short. So I did it. I got to go over there, get my sea credits, enjoyed New Orleans. Like you said, the weather was outstanding. It was, it was ridiculously beautiful there. By the way, side note, best time to go to New Orleans, and I confirmed this with some of the locals there, September. Nobody goes to New Orleans, and and, it, and it's beautiful. The weather's nice, and, and there's not a lot of people, no crowds. You get to, it, it's a calm, if you're into the common New Orleans, if you want to go whoring on Mardi Gras, that's fine, but you know, <laughs> that's another story. Wait, when would I go then? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a Catholic that's uh, week. commemoration <laughs> holiday. Anyway, um, so we, uh, so I, I made it back in time, and what was funny was I'm in New Orleans, and I'm, I'm sitting at various bars, because that's what you do in New Orleans, that's one of the things that you do. And I'm talking to people, and they're like, and I'm telling them, yeah, I'm from Miami. And oh, you see, you, you, you evacuated. I said, no, I'm actually going back tomorrow. They're like, why would you do that? You know, and they're just, they're just, and then they're all telling me stories about Katrina, and, and I'm listening to them. Like, yeah, I know, but I got to go back. I got to get back to my family and, you know, batten down the hatches. So when I came back, um, you know, we, 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 thankfully, again, long story short, we, we went to our friend's house. We, we spent uh, a day and a half there. Thankfully, they opened up their doors to us. And really, that was more than anything just to, to be with other people and help the time pass for my son, who's nine, and, you know, his buddy was, was there. So it was, it was uh, we, we we're thankful that, that we, I had to use the, the term that everybody likes to use, dodge the bullet on that yeah. one, you know. I wanted to, to mention that, you know, one of the things that I think struck me the most was, so the storm passed through on Sunday. Monday, the entire day, it was a nice day, sunny. Like Sunday night was still pretty rainy. We're trying to get generators started. It's kind of half rainy and. Uh, but the worst had passed us by, by the time dark hit on Sunday night. But then Monday, the whole day is just cleaning up branches 
and making sure that there's, you know, just trying to make sure that your yard is okay. Uh, or, or just cleaning up. Yeah, battening down the hatches, basically. Yeah. yeah. So that was all day Monday. But Tuesday, I had had that same client that I helped pack up so that they could get out of town. I, I had keys to their office, and they wanted to know that everything was okay. So I had told them, all right, you know, I'll, I'll see you as soon as I'm able to. I'll try and come up and, and take a look at your office and make sure that it's all okay. So I convinced my wife that I needed to do this. And so Tuesday morning, this is 36 hours after the worst of the storm had passed. I, I leave the house. I'm driving. And I, from my house, I travel due east. I live as the crow flies six miles from the water. And I drove about five miles in because I wanted to check on an, an elderly couple client that I had helped kind of load up. Like, they don't have shutters. They, did, they weren't able to really prep very well for the storm. So I, I wanted to make sure they were okay. So I went to their house. And thankfully, they were great. They were doing fine. But on my way there, the main road was closed. Because, like, I would normally take a main thoroughfare that crosses another main thoroughfare. But all the traffic lights are out. So... Um, this intersection was busy enough that there were police posted at it and you just could not cross the, it was crossing US-1. You can't cross it. You had to turn right onto US-1. So I I ended up having to weave backwards through this beautiful neighborhood. It's one of the nicest neighborhoods in Florida, Pinecrest, or nicest neighborhoods in Miami. And every single road, and again, this is 36 hours after the storm, every single road has just impassable amounts of debris. And just, I, I mean, trees that are 50 feet tall down and and so because it was 36 hours later people had already gone through chainsaws and carved out basically like a winding path through some of the wider roads but it i that was actually the first time that i really understood the devastation because my neighborhood was fine um you know i live close to you victor these were like category one winds that we got here that's it it blows my mind like i am terrified I, i honestly like the fact that we dodged a bullet, I don't feel great. Like I'm, I'm scared, poopless yeah. of a category two, three, four, whatever. And so, um, not only did I go through that neighborhood, but I also took the opportunity to, to drive up to that client kind of far north, and I wanted to see the worst of it. And I had heard that Coconut Grove, which is one of the most beautiful parts of the city, it's all old. It's it's just incredibly overgrown anyway. So on a good day. It's already narrow roads, completely covered in tree canopy. And three or four times I would come up and there would be just a resident who's cleaning up his yard saying, you can't go through here, like you won't be able to. And I'd have to turn around and go back a different way. And, and that really was incredible to me to see that because these are you know, roads that I would use to cut through to get home faster typically when I'm on my way home. And like Main Highway in Coconut Grove, um, Ransom Everglades, if you saw any of the coverage, you would have seen a sailboat on a football field. That's a high school, one of the nicest high schools in the country mm-hmm. called Ransom Everglades. Yeah. That high school, don't don't let them fool you. That, that high school football field is like one foot above sea level anyway. <laughs> so it's not really that weird that a, a couple yeah. boats blew up onto their property. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't even get close. It was just main highway was yeah. completely stopped. And I mean... It blew my mind to see a whole block of a street just covered in banyan trees. And the banyan trees don't get deep roots, so it, it's they're the ones that fell over first, it seems. Right. But I was like, I called my wife. I was like, this is actually way worse than I would have expected for, mm-hmm. for as much as we dodged this bullet that everyone's yeah. talking about. Like, this is crazy. So, so let me ask you a question. You guys both a question. So you, you, you're talking about roads and, the, you know, 
how just a, a category one was was pretty impressive just by way of infrastructure with the damage that it did, right? I'm asking this humbly as a uh, of you guys uh, uh, because I have my cynical opinion about this. But what do you guys think about this whole go fill your gas tank? I'm not talking about for evacuation. I'm if whatever you do, the first thing you have to do is go fill your gas tanks. What do you guys think about that? Well, so we had access to a couple generators, and um, that made it a lot more passable to to be able to to run the refrigerator, and not lose all your food and stuff. I'm talking about for your car. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what, I filled mine not once but probably twice because I ended up having to drive around in the days leading up. But there's this real like kind of like Great Depression bank run mentality that like, oh, that place has gas. Right. Everyone's downloading Gas Buddy app that mm-hmm. tells you here's where you can get gas. Mm-hmm. And there was a day where a bunch of, of, you know, able-bodied gentlemen, we were all putting up shutters for old people and stuff. And that day, that's all we were talking about. Like, oh, he's low on gas, so let's he should take a house close to us so that we don't have to try and figure out where to find gas for him. Okay. So I, my opinion is basically it sucks because everyone freaks out and fills up all their tanks. But you also – like I wanted to have my tanks full in case the, the thing turns again or gets stronger again and we decide we do want to try and go north. Mm-hmm. Like you got to have gas. And, yep. and, and you, Victor, had already left and that – it was nerve-wracking to see all the people that were running out of gas on the way up or had, oh, yeah, we had to wait in line in Orlando for an hour for gas. And it's incredible the infrastructure that's required to get all the gas tanks full mm-hmm. here at the gas stations in Miami. Well, I, I think the, um, I mean, because it, it is a run on gas and the, the, those stations and the gas infrastructure is not created for everyone to go get gas at the same time. Um, the... The part of it that is like necessary is obviously, yeah, go fill up your gas tank because everybody else is. And if you don't, you're going to be the guy without gas. At the same time, it had a certain, um, I mean, they even call it, they call it panic pumping. Yep. Where people are whipped into a frenzy, into a panic. They've been watching Walking Dead and they're thinking this is the end. Um, you know, currency is going to be, you know, teeth. <laughs> And we're going to, the gas will be like the, the gold, you know, like uh, the yeah. Mad Max movies. Yeah. And a, a lot of that might be, uh, and I'm just talking off the top of my head here, a lot of the people living in, like Florida is always the, the most, like the quick, most, uh, not fastest growing state, but usually it's always growing. I think maybe at some point recently it, it didn't grow and that was a shock for like after 30 years. People are moving here constantly. People are moving away constantly. But you're going to find a lot of people who are not from Florida and especially had not uh, have moved here after Wilma and Katrina, which happened in 2005. So since then, in the last 12 years, South Florida had not really had any impressive hurricane hit. Yeah. So for many of the people living here, they have no idea what to expect. Right. And, and they're thinking, I need to save up enough water for a month. I need to save up <laughs> enough gas that, like, I need to, I need to imagine that... This hurricane will turn South Florida into Houston, basically. It'll just be underwater. Right. No power. Right. Fight for your life. You know, you you loot, we shoot kind of mentality. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, it's, hard, it's hard to... You can't really argue with somebody waiting in line that they really shouldn't be getting another... They shouldn't fill their car that they never drive. And also a feature of Miami is everyone owns three cars here. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. 
And we um, got to get all the tanks full because for some reason we're going to drive, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. miles around the block I'm after the storm. Teach my five year old. Yeah, to yeah. I'm going to so drive my Porsche Carrera see, around the debris. And see, I have I have this 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 theory that if if you know Channel Seven, Channel Ten, whatever news, CNN, whoever said has said, listen, folks. We just learned that you can build a defensive barrier around your home if you drop your pants on your front lawn and drop a deuce. <laughs> that 90% of the citizens of South Florida would go outside and drop a deuce on their front lawn. And, and I think that's, that's, the, that's the thing <laughs> that, that explains it. Yeah. And I think what happens is, is that we, we, it's, such, it's like you said, it's that, what, what did you call it? Pump? Uh, panic pumping. Panic pumping. I remember after Wilma. Okay, Wilma hit. Wilma hit, and and Wilma, Wilma was actually worse to, for South Florida than than Fr- than uh, Katrina. Thing. Irma. Irma. Oh, <laughs> Irma. And and yeah, uh, and worse than Katrina. Uh, but but I but there was the there was the run to the pumps after the storm, and I remember the only reason I remember is it not because I went to get gas. I didn't need gas. I didn't fill up before the storm. Yeah. I didn't fill up where, after. Where are you going to go? Nobody yeah, ever ran out of gas. <laughs> and I remember driving by freaking Hialeah, okay? And there's <laughs> in Hialeah, there's, there's, line, there's this line of people. And I called my friend. And he goes, oh, yeah. My dad, my dad waited eight hours in line for gas after Hurricane uh, Wilma. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, what in the world is possessing people to take eight hours of their day? By the way, when, when Wilma hit... Afterwards, it was, uh, it was it was followed a cold, by a cold front. Yeah. And it was pleasant. It was nice. It was nice. You know what? Go outside, pick up your stuff, light a candle at night, read a book, play a game board game with your kids, enjoy the breeze, open the window. We slept well. Everybody's running to the gas station, and I think I think and you know I went through Andrew. I've never heard of anybody running out of gas to the point where it caused them you know yeah uh, you, you know death somewhere. or anything like that. I'll tell you something that shed light. Um, something I experienced. I just bought my house uh, just under a year and a half ago, and I remember as the storm was was leading up, like everything was can like Wednesday on everything was canceled. Um, people devoting time to fix up your house, you know, kiss your family, that yeah. that kind of mentality. Um, and at a certain point, I had done I'd done most of the things I could do on my own. I'd filled up all these bottles of water. I had fished empty water bottles out of the recycling bin, washed them out and filled them with water. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're good on water. And the water is not going to stop pumping. Like there's a 1% chance that the water stops. Yeah. It's just contaminated. You can't drink it. Okay. But um, at some point I thought, okay, what else do I do? I need to be doing something. Yes. I, I'm failing at something. And I, I think go, standing in line or waiting in line eight hours for gas fulfills that, that kind of itch that yeah. you're like, I need to be doing something right now. And it might as well be spending my time waiting for gas. Right. And, and I, I don't know if it gives people a sense of, well, it gives people a sense of like, I, I'm doing something. I'm not just waiting around for yeah. the hurricane to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, going back to the generator thing, uh, my, that was the problem I had after, the, after Irma hit, the gas stations were full again. And these are the same people that the lines, <laughs> the lines fill their were tanks. Now yeah. they were filling their, their last car that they forgot to fill, the three cars on their driveway. But... I was thinking, man, leave the gas for the folks who are trying to fill their generators to keep their their refrigerators going, to keep their air conditioning yeah. on for their for their elderly mm-hmm. mom, you know. Just but but there's it's just the, everybody's just seems to be guided by this this panic. Well, it, it's it's one of those weird things where um, they say natural disasters bring out like the best in people. Like that's that's after the fact mm-hmm. that'll happen before it brings out the absolute worst in people. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It, it's this selfish like it really is. It's a zero sum game. Yeah. If you get gas, it could mean that I don't get gas. If you get that 24-pack of water, I don't get the 24-pack. So 
people are because there's uh, anti-gouging laws, price gouging laws. Water stayed the same price. Gas stayed the same price. Demand went way up. Price doesn't go up. That means the supply has to meet the demand, and it couldn't. Right. So stuff was running out. There was, um, I don't want to put this person on blast, but somebody put a picture on Facebook of their haul of water that they got. They brought home about 50 gallons of water. Yeah. And they put a picture on Facebook. And <laughs> the comments were all just like this rage at this person. It's yeah. like, are you preparing for nuclear winter? Like, what yeah. is this about? Like, <laughs> there's, there's no need. But you go in there, and if they're not restricting you, like, why not take all the yeah. water? Yeah, yeah. I think one of my favorite things that happened was uh, our mutual friend Carlos. uh, It was a day or two after, and he wrote that he's like, hey, the the Flanagan's and, you know, wherever has power, you know, the the beer's on tap cold. And someone was picking on him for for wanting to go out so quick. And he was like, yeah, I think someone said it best. It was they tell you to prepare for three or four days. We all go out and prepare for a month, and then the first day we're like, "Hey, what's open?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We have enough enough uh, crackers and soup for a month. Right. Yeah. One of the long, the first line I saw was outside of Pinecrest Bakery. <laughs> Everybody lining up for their Cuban coffee and pastelitos because they had gas there going. So I gotta say that was my real trial by fire. Was we lost power, and I have you know a nice camp stove. I like to go camping, and I had to teach myself how to make spumita. <laughs> like, yeah. That was really oh the espumita yeah, yeah. Foam. espumita yeah the little crema on the top of the espresso yeah 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 because I'll tell you that's all I wanted I was like <laughs> man I really want some Cuban coffee I was looking for something Mark that your wife posted it was a little meme about y'all live on so- yeah what yeah. is it? y'all yeah. live on three sodas a day yeah and then I'll, all of a sudden you need y'all sur- here it is yeah. y'all survive on three sodas a day but when a hurricane comes y'all turn into a fish and need 40 cases of water yeah <laughs> that was great the other meme that i really appreciated was the pictures of the the bread aisle at the stores being completely empty and it would be like yeah everyone's gluten-free until there's a hurricane <laughs> yeah, <coming."> yeah. <laughs> exactly all right i have this uh this i, I want to share something from an article that, that I read and I posted last week. It's a website called Miami.com, local local rag that kind of gives uh, announcements of uh, events and things like that and local interest stuff. This was written, I want to give props to this person, Connie Ogle from, for Miami.com. And the article was called, and we, we want to talk about a few of these points, it says, Smug Hurricane Irma Shamers Make Us Sick. Are you one of them? And Mark, you mentioned, you alluded to this a little while ago. Um, and basically what she does is she lists uh, if I'm not mistaken, five categories of shamers. Yep, five to match the categories of, of hurricane strength. And category one is the shamer who says, get out of there now. And she says, these are the kind, well-meaning friends and family who decide you need to flee when the storm is only a mild shower in the mid-Atlantic. Don't nag people to drive out for a long, long state out of a long, long state with basically only two roads north, especially when many of the choices are equally close to the water. And what do you think about that? Oh, I listen. I I really do appreciate. It, it felt like all my college friends. So these are people in the middle of Indiana, really concerned about me. And I truly do appreciate the concern. And and like it 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 warms my heart that that, that people are still thinking and want to make sure I'm safe and everything. But it, it's actually emotionally kind of taxing to have to assure all these people thousands of miles away that I'm okay near this storm yeah and that, that was that was exhausting um and, and and a big calculus in the whole thing is you know like you and me we each own businesses yeah and so if we're if we decide to you know for our families or for our kids or whatever to 
evacuate. Getting back is not a quick thing. Oh, no. no. Like, like I, I was uh, this morning. So today is what? September, Monday the 25th. It looks like the Cubs are about to knock St. Louis out of playoff contention tonight. And um, this morning I was at a restaurant and, we, and I ran into somebody that I knew. And she had just gotten back into town a couple days ago because she left town. And she didn't – like, I mean, for her it worked out because she didn't want to be here without power. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, like – that's two weeks. Like yeah. I can't take a two week hiatus from making no. my income. Like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's well, untenable. Th- then th- that, that reminds me of um, like we, we, we say we dodged a bullet. I mean, it's not like the bullet didn't hit anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the, the bullet dodged us and hit the keys really hard. And Naples. Um, and Naples. And the, the keys are re- for a lot of people in Miami and people I've known who've lived here. Miami can become, just an enraging city, like any city, and you just need to get away. Trouble is, you're, if you don't have a boat, you can't really go out in the ocean, and unless you're an alligator, you don't want to be in the swamp. But you could always go down to the Keys, and the Keys are, are that escape from Miami for a lot of people. And uh, currently, uh, I'm not sure what the latest news is, but they're not allowing people to go down there. Uh, you yeah. have to prove that you live there. And even then, you only go as far as your address is. Exactly. And there's so many businesses down there that I can't imagine staying open. Restaurants that I would love to go right now and, and patronize and go spend mm-hmm. money there, keep them open. But they just won't be able to get back on their feet. Um, yeah. The keys will look completely different for the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. I, so one of the other ones is, and, and this, this goes back to the whole evacuation thing, category two, is why haven't you left yet? And she, she says, this is a slightly more aggressive form of caring. <laughs> so the yeah. first one was, get out of there now. This one is, why haven't you left yet? And, and it, well, the, well, the thing is, again, uh, she says here, unless you're willing to buy plane tickets for the whole family, including the dogs, and also fly down and help with the storm prep, you know, I, I, we can't do it. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, your wife's spending eight hours in, in, in to, from here to Orlando, which is like a three-hour trip normally. Yeah. That's insane. And so it's just, it's not easy to get out of here. And a lot of times, uh, like your, like your in-laws, Mark, like they decided, it's like, no, we're going to, we're going to hunker down because. Uh, I want to, want to clarify, because I know she'll point this out later. She spent eight hours between Fort Pierce and Orlando. She spent 12 hours to get there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So So if you think about like, like, uh, the houses in, see that here's the thing for everybody outside of South Florida, the houses in South Florida are built to withstand pretty strong hurricanes. I mean. My my house is built in the fifties. A lot of the, a lot of I think your home is sixties. Sixties, yeah. So so they're, they're most of the homes here are built to withstand. They're not they're not. I think I go back to what your wife said. It's not like Sebring homes. Sebring's is right. Sebring is in the middle of Florida, and in Central Florida. Those houses they're beautiful, but they're not built to withstand hurricane. And, and weather. that was a lot of people. That was definitely our bug out plan was to go. We have family in Sebring in Central Florida. It's a very beautiful part of the state. I actually love going up it's there awesome. as often as possible, yeah. and. We were like, oh, we'll just go stay with your cousin in Sebring. You know, we have kids our kids' age, and we, we hang out there a lot anyway. But as the, the models start shifting, we realize that they're going to get hit harder than we are. Yeah. And that, that becomes even more scary because here, I, there is, there's a lot of confidence that these houses are going to just be fine. Like, they're all made of, they're all low slung. They're all made yep. of concrete block. Like, it, it would take a lot to really hurt them. And... Up there, that's not the case. Like, mm-hmm. these are much newer houses. That Yes, like, the state of Florida has pretty clear building codes because we're, you know, targets for hurricanes. But, it, like, Miami-Dade County particularly, which, you know, is a humongous county, 
it's very strict building codes. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. unbelievably, like, you know, I built a tree house for my kids and I actually did research on the code and I was actually really proud because I knew that, like, I was much more worried about things getting broken flying into the treehouse than yeah. the treehouse getting hurt. But yeah, you use hurricane straps. It's it's all very planned for basically. Right. But yeah, up there. And and that's the thing. Like during the worst of the storm, the, we're getting texts from from this family member that that her roof like she watched her neighbor's shed blow into her yard. Her roof started to kind of go a little bit. Thankfully, it, it, her wow. house stayed intact, but yeah. I mean they, they were much more scared than we were. And we were yeah. so glad we didn't go up there. Yeah, so here's another, this is category three. Uh, this one says, ha ha, they evacuated to Tampa and now they're in the cone. <laughs> and this one, this one specifically pissed me off because I have friends who left uh, out of genuine fear and, and I don't blame them. I, I can't judge them for wanting to leave. And they, they made it up to, to somewhere. They don't, I don't think they even know how far they went up north. And they ended up having to come back to Miami oh, yeah, and yeah. go to a friend's house and hunker down there. And and that's no joke, man. Because again, that storm was coming straight up Florida's asshole. Yeah, <laughs> all the way. And up. their decision the, the, was largely the made urethra. because of gas, like they, a big uh, like not not gas like Florida's butthole gas, but <laughs> like they they filled their tank of their minivan and drove north, and yeah. then the models all shift, and so now they're heading back and. Yeah, they basically outran the storm by just doubling back. They so these it. were this this <laughs> shaming came from the locals because it says it says locals stop mocking the people who left. And that's because that's what was happening, and you you only stayed because you couldn't face twelve hours in a car stuck in traffic with your spouse. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. <laughs> All so right, so then category four, she says, why don't they buy their supplies at the beginning of each summer? Because I would. And I am so intelligent and prepared, I would never be caught without batteries. And also, I am immune to panic at the thought of losing my life and possibly all my stuff. Did I mention I'm superior? <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. I mean, I, and, you know, my house is fairly small, and I, I, this is really sad. I'm going to confess this. So when I got back from New Orleans, my plan was I have a storage unit, you know, for my stuff. Like, who was that comedian uh, about the stuff? Uh, 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 come on, guys! You need you buy a house to put your stuff in it, and then you you, you need a, you get buy more stuff, and you need a bigger house to put more stuff in it. That sounds like something that Billy Crystal says at the beginning of City Slickers. Uh, someone will <laughs> someone will uh, remind us of it, maybe. Anyway, so I have this storage unit so where I put my stuff, and I had all my hurricane supplies in there. So when I get here the Thursday before the storm, my plan is okay. I'm going to fly back Wednesday night. Thursday, I'm going to go to the storage unit, and get all my stuff out. It was closed down, and I couldn't get my hurricane stuff, including my generator that was in wow. there. Wow. Yeah. So, not good. And you but, idiot. Why yeah, did right? you think of doing that before? But, uh, well, my point is is that we have, we have a small house, and I don't have space for all this crap, you know, to keep it. To keep it. So, you, what do you do? Everybody who goes out a, a, a week before the storm and says they, they buy out Home Depot and Publix, yeah. you know, because that's well, what you got to do. I tried... I tried Amazon, which ended up being a huge failure. Mm. I ordered stuff, I think, the Monday night before the storm. And I have Amazon Prime, so I thought it would come in at Wednesday, Thursday, the latest. Like Stuff like batteries, uh, lanterns, and all that. Again, new house. I, I haven't been through a hurricane in this house. I don't have all this stuff on hand. Um, and I get emails you know, as the days go by. Oh, delaying shipment, delaying shipment. All of a sudden, all the shipments are coming the next week. Oh. And realize then, okay... Things like Amazon are not where to go. There were a few other thousand people that were thinking. Yeah, there were a few. You thought you were outsmarting. I thought I was outsmarting everybody. (laughs) Already by that point, I think the water was sold out. Yeah. Um, And then they started selling the the gold water, the thirty (laughs) dollar gallon of water. Yeah. Well, I I was in the middle of doing this this remodel, so I've already made 
a minimum of 40 trips to Home Depot. And so as it gets closer, I'm realizing, man, Home Depot is getting so busy. What's going on? (laughs) And then one of my later trips, you know, there's the handwritten sign out front, out of propane water flashlights. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the... The, it's not gouging, but the yeah, the, the panic pumping, but like it's the same yeah, idea. Like yeah. everyone's at Publix, yeah. everyone's yeah. at Home Depot, everyone's at, you know, the trying to just like plywood. People are getting drywall. I'm like, that's not gonna help you. Like I need to get drywall. I'm trying to hang that. <laughs> oh, there were those brilliant pictures of people like like uh, boarding up their homes with yes, tables. Yes, look in the yeah. show notes of, oh, of this fantastic. episode. There were people that would put like ratchet straps on their roof. Yep. Because they didn't want their roof to blow off. I, I, I'm, With a tarp underneath. I would love to hear a structural engineer's opinion on whether or not that helps at yeah, all. Yeah. But the people um, using like folding tables to yes. board up their windows well, I'm, and I'm mattresses. And the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Springfield experiences a hurricane and Homer covers a window by taking off the door. <laughs> you know uh, my friend Charles. Charles, you, know, you yeah. guys know Charles. His wife wanted to see... I don't mean to sell her out. She wanted to check out the storm. So he was like, oh, go look out the back door on the leeward side of the house. Yeah. And she opened the front door and it immediately blew off the hinges. Are you serious? <laughs> so in the worst of the storm. He's this having, was with Irma? During Irma, just a couple oh weeks ago, God. he's having to reinstall his front door in the worst part of the wind. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, okay. So then category five, the last one, obviously, is... Uh, the shaming uh, category here is that's what you get for staying. And she says, if you simply can't stop yourself from uttering this loathsome statement, you will be required to spend three weeks in Miami at the end of August slash beginning of September without air conditioning, hot showers or coffee. And uh, that's that's kind of like uh, that didn't happen, I don't think, because I don't think uh, we we, thankfully again, we 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 didn't get the brunt, the full force of the storm. But um, that is part of the shaming. People just, just, uh, you know, you're, you're in the middle of your, of your, your, you know, heat and not showering and someone's saying, well, that's what you get for right, staying. Right. Thanks people. Yeah, thanks. thanks a lot. So anyway, so what did we learn from Irma? I'm going to listen to my wife. Um, my, did I say life? I'm going to listen to my wife a little more, uh, authoritatively. I think, I think that she's lived here her whole life and, you know, I think there's a lot of wisdom that that you you kind of get by osmosis just being here through a few storms. Tough it out, little thicker skin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I learned absolutely nothing. No, no life oh, lessons. I, I learned have um, like yeah, have a plan obviously, mm-hmm. but be able to to be the calm person. Mm. And you know, different roles, different people. But I, for this one. I think I generally was the calm person, except like Monday or Tuesday. At some point, I started getting scared. Like I, was, they, like they were saying, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be a Category Five when it hit, but still, that size of storm. Like when Andrew hit, I was at the northern edge of the worst of it. Like we, nothing really bad happened to us, but ten miles south of us was like a bomb went off. Yeah, and. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget waiting in line for the army to give us ice. Yeah. Like, those are things you can't forget. And and I felt that that had, like, you know, emboldened me. But then the storm's coming, and it's bigger, and it's badder, and it's hitting all of Florida. And for a moment, I was, like, paralyzed. Yeah. And uh, I realized I, I can't be the paralyzed one in this situation. 
Um, like it's, it's okay to be afraid, but I knew uh, I have to cool down. I have to get my wits about me, and and if anything, and even if I I'll put it this way, even if you don't know what's going to happen, you say what's going to happen, and you say the what the plan is. Yeah, and you say okay, if that happens, we'll do this. Yeah, because it's. It's not arrogant to to say no. We're staying because this house is strong enough. It's like no. I know this house is strong enough, yeah. and and we can we can stay in this room. It'll be all right. Yeah, I think the in a kind of a very specific practical way, a lot of like like the couple specific things to test the generator the day before because yeah. we we had one generator that we just could not get running, and thankfully. Um, some of my wife's in-laws had a, a generator that they didn't need because their house, they were staying in a house that had power. And we were so thankful that they just let us use a generator for, you know, several days. But piggybacking on that is I definitely think I'm going to pick up a small window unit AC and, yeah. and figure out which window in my house I can mount it to mm-hmm. so that at least for sleeping, because it's, it's funny and it's, you know, such a creature comfort, but Dealing with all the adrenaline of spending a day chopping down trees and, and using chainsaws and which by the way, the other thing I learned, chainsaws are awesome. Oh yeah. Like that's so much fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um it, like you're tired. You're so tired, your hands are cut up, there's it's just so much hard work all of a sudden. And then go home and try to sleep. You take the cold shower, which is really nice, but then you immediately start sweating just trying to get to bed. Uh-huh. I absolutely think it's worth it to try and figure out a way to get some cooling so that you're rested for the next day because which is really hard to get cooling uh, of any sort here yeah. man it's just not i mean and and it, I w- the other thing is i was i was so amazed about how long it took to clean up and dig out yeah and so just now 2 weeks later we're seeing the um the trucks starting to pick up debris that was really exciting. This weekend, um, I saw the first truck, you know, picking up all the tree trunks and yeah. stuff, and that was that was great to see. But yeah, it. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I guess if we go another twelve years before there's a storm, the trees will grow back up again. But I mean, I know if we hit another storm right now, there's not a lot for them to take, for the hmm. storm to take. I learned. Um, I learned basically that. Uh, I base. I, it's a good idea. To buy investment property in other parts of the country, uh, specifically a condo that you can use as a safe house and rent out the rest of the the rest of the year, <laughs> if you can, preferably in a in a in a touristy area or a place that that, that where you can Airbnb it, you yeah. know, make some income. So you don't have to kick out the people living there. So you don't have to kick <laughs> them out when you when you when you need to run over there. And and my, and by the way, and the thing, the reason for that is it's it. Wow, did I learn lessons about the about losing power and internet? Yeah. Because see, my my, I, I don't want to say what I do, because people hate what I do, but I'm 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 the type I work in the type of business that that during the hurricane I was getting phone calls as the wind was blowing mm-hmm. and we didn't know what it was doing because we had we didn't have news. Marco sells cigarettes to children. Yes, <laughs> yes. On the uh, when I'm not very selling important during when I'm not when I'm not cooking meth. Yes. <laughs> so, but people were calling me. Um, you know, because I'm their supplier, and they were saying they were just they were just like, "Hey, you know, are, are you online?" I'm like, "What are you talking about? I got the storm hitting us right now." Yeah. And and but the reality is, is that I need to be at a place where afterwards, where I can be online immediately, 
and in a storm, I can't do that. Listen, I, that client that I helped pack up, I was so impressed with how up and running they were during the storm. Every single employee left the state. They weren't even in Florida at all. And the owner of that company, he, he has a farm that's like his kind of, you know, his Mount Vernon. And it, he was, I didn't know where it was other than in Tennessee. And, and I, I was at their office this morning and, and I saw him. And he was saying, you know, I, I didn't pick that place blindly out of a hat. We're, we're about, you know, pretty close to Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Wow. <laughs> like, I kind of wanted somewhere that was pretty well protected. Yeah. <laughs> in case, so it's like his apocalypse bunker. Yeah, I'm going to get some property on Colorado Springs next to the nuclear bunker they have Yeah, there. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and the legalized marijuana. <laughs> so we'll end this show. Uh, before we do, I wanted to say that as you were talking a little spark <laughs> shut up above my tree line there where the where where apparently Irma didn't really get those branches so those trees are pretty pretty resilient those tropical trees yeah yeah so yeah so with the flames in the night we we say good night to you all mark you had something to say no no i just trim your trees that that was another thing mm-hmm. i learned definitely we we're getting rid of two oak trees that have kind of they they got brutalized in the storm but we're going to cut them down just because one of, we did have a branch fall on the house it didn't do any damage but yeah i don't want to have to clean that up again so we're going to take the tree out yep all right i, I would say everybody uh kiss your ac repairman mm-hmm. yeah and and anyone else that's not in florida if you need firewood Oh, the yeah, entire state go. of Florida has an all-you-can-take firewood policy right now. Come on down. Yes. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good wood too, like eucalyptus and oak. You know, yeah. you were talking about the the trees that they cut halfway through the, in the road. I saw. I, I it must have been in Pinecrest. It must have been an eighty-foot eucalyptus that had fallen completely across the street, and it was a cool. I took a picture of it. They actually cut right through it. And you had the top part on one side wow. of the road and the bottom of the other. It was classic. Yeah. Anyway, all right, guys, thanks for uh, thanks another for great listening. episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one.